G'day punters and welcome to Taps Inside 50. We didn't think we'd have an AFL season at various stages throughout 2020, but we are here and Shane Crawford, what a cracker Friday night between Richmond and Brisbane. Could this be a grand final preview? Absolutely, yes. Love the way both sides go about it. Who wouldn't love the way the Tigers charge forward like a wave? It's fantastic to watch. And one thing that annoys me when people talk about the tyres, they say, oh, they play this chaotic style and they make it up as they go. That couldn't be further from the truth. There's real system to what they do, knowing what Damien Hardwick's about. He knows that they've got to have great system. There's just great awareness of what each other's doing and they create space for each other. They really separate and, uh, and open up and that enables you to keep the ball moving. But they do, they do take the game on it. People talk about courage in AFL football. Yeah, running back with the flight of the ball and putting your head over the head uh, the ball. But courage to run direct towards goal when you know teams have got players blocking space and zoning areas. That takes enormous courage to run at someone who's coming straight at you. That takes courage, and then it takes courage, obviously, from the guy zoning space as well to get in your face and and try and force you the areas you don't want to do. So that's one thing Richmond does unbelievably well. They are very courageous the way they move the footy. Brisbane Brisbane are courageous too. You watch centre bounce when they win. You you watch the wave that they have attacking the footy. They uh, they attack like no other midfield in the competition, which can be dangerous. And I've said it all year, like Brisbane have just been going. They haven't really sort of clicked into to fourth gear. They can play a style that can hit the scoreboard really quickly, but you can also score against. So just it'll be um, interesting because these two coaches also, Hardwick and Fagan, have coached together. <laughs> so they know each other really well. It'll be a battle early. It'll be on, like a bit of uh, free-flowing football. So it'll be interesting to see because you can't leave your defence hanging out there by themselves, especially from a Richmond point of view, the pace that they come with. Otherwise, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a disaster for them. So it'll be interesting to see the way that they play it and the way that they block up holes. This is going to be a beauty. And centre bounce, the more that I've looked at the uh, Gabbard, the centre bounce is crucial. Being able to uh, to win the centre bounce, get the ball moving into your forward line nice and quick for guys like Charlie Cameron, that's a massive advantage. That gives him a chance, although his, his history on Grimes hasn't been great. But you've got to move the ball fast. Give him a bit of space. That's where he can come into the game. But I reckon this is this is a, this is a line ball as well. It really is. I know Richmond are the better team and everything's built perfectly, a bit like last year. But I just don't think they're going as well as last year. But they're still going well and I still think they're probably the best team. But then you've got the Gabba. I know Richmond play very well and they've done well in their hub. But Brisbane are on their home deck. They would alert a great deal. Like when, when Hawthorne won in 208, which I was lucky enough to be a part of, 207, we beat Adelaide in the first final. We came from behind. We had a great victory. And then we played North Melbourne the following week, who everyone tipped Hawthorne. And we had a lot of young kids in the side. And we got way ahead of ourselves. We just thought it was going to happen. We're going to the MCG. And we got outplayed, outworked, and we got ahead of ourselves. So we had a great lesson learnt from that. And if anything, that helped us win the following year. So you'd like to think Brisbane have learnt a great deal. They were highly competitive, but they just weren't able to find a way to win. And I like what... Fagan has said about the Lions, he said, we're not relying on one or two players. We're, we are an even team. And he knows that's the most important thing is having contributors right across the board. So it's going to be awesome. No Lynch. The ball's going to come in. So someone's going to kick the goals for the Tigers. Yes, they might focus on revolt, but you've got all the smalls who can hit the scoreboard. 
You've got Dustin Martin who can obviously hit the scoreboard if he's given a bit of space. And remember the last time he played at the Gabba in a final? Did he kick five or six? He was on fire. Unbelievable. So, yes, it, this is going to be – like, I, I keep saying it. I really think it's line ball. Home ground advantage is big. What advantage do you think that is playing at home? You know, like you've got Port Adelaide and you've got also Richmond and you've got West Coast. So what what do you think from a goal point of view? Is it, is it one goal, two goals, three goals, four goals? I'd like to, to get your opinion on that. I'd say it's about three goals playing in Adelaide. I'd say it's about three goals playing in Perth. Yep. But I don't think there's a huge home ground advantage for Brisbane against Richmond. There'll be a lot of Tiger supporters there. I was lucky enough to be at that Richmond-Brisbane final last year. I was surprised how loud the ground was. It's a great place to watch footy, the Gabba, but there was a lot of yellow and black and a lot of Richmond mm. support, and they've got such a great record at the Gabba. And the fact that these Richmond players, Trent Cochin is 16-0 and in his career against Brisbane. <laughs> Dustin Martin is 15-0 and against Brisbane. What impact does that have? Uh, well, like, you, you obviously, from game to game, you just focus. You, you never get ahead of yourself too much, and I doubt that they'd look at the statistics from that point of view, but you you have great confidence. Sometimes you play against teams and you just have that extra spring in your step because you just know for some reason you match up well and, and you've, you always have a lot of confidence. So, yeah, that, they'll definitely take that in, but they're just got to be careful. They've got a different Brisbane side um, that they're taking on. And, you know, when you look at Brisbane, especially over the last, you know, six or seven years, take last year out of it, you know, um, a lot of teams would probably have a, a pretty good record against them. So they'll take a lot of confidence out of that, but it's a different Brisbane lines that they're playing. So, um, yeah, don't focus on it too much. Do you think there would be something psychological about it, though? Richmond go out there. They've always beaten up on this Brisbane team. They expect to do so again. And the flip side, Brisbane, they outplayed Richmond in that final for the first half last year. They outplayed Richmond this year, yet they were comprehensively beaten on both occasions. Is there a little voice in the back of the head that if things start to go badly, we'll start to speak a little loudly for the Lions players? Uh, Yeah, but it also can just keep you on your toes and give you that edge as well. That uh, Even if you get a bit of scoreboard pressure, you get your noses in front, you can, you know, sometimes you can take the handbrake off a, a touch. Sometimes you can mentally have a bit of a lapse. So you'd like to think that in that situation, mentally, they won't have the lapses like they've had over the last few years. Obviously, advantage to Richmond. They are favourites going in. But, you know, the record Brisbane have got, different team. They do have very even contributors. When you look at some of the players on the team, you're like, oh, hang on. I don't know much about him. What has he done? But you look through how he's contributed and role players, as Chris Fagan often calls them, you know, they, they're all doing their job. So um, they have had a few injuries. They're getting a few back. Harris Andrews is super important to them. But, yeah, I think we've got game on. I, I like the confidence that you're giving me from a statistic point of view, but I think sometimes statistics, even in this case, it's so one-sided. you just got to be careful. Was there a team that you played against where you just had the wood over them for whatever reason. Now, Richmond have not been a dominant team during this period. That's why this Brisbane stat is so surprising because, I mean, the fact that Cochin is 16-0 and against them, and you think about Richmond in that period had a lot of struggles as well. And Brisbane, yes, they had some struggles, but they were not a fit Troy in the 90s sort of team. Yeah. Was there a team that you played against that you had a great record against or for whatever reason – they had the wood over you. I don't know, Collingwood, maybe because they're arch rivals of everyone. So you seem to, you know, you always want to win and 
you want to make sure the supporters aren't getting too loud. But um, so, yeah, Collingwood, if you look through the record there for a while, um, you know, that Hawthorne has been a bit of a bogey side for a while. But, you know, you have your runs, you know. Sometimes when it turns, it turns quickly. And, and like even the Sydney Swans there, we used to have such close matches. So you'd always know every time you play the Sydney Swans, we're not going to win by match. And if they win, they're not going to win by match. It's, it was, it's always going to be a grind. And that was when it used to be a sort of a man-on-man style of footy and you just knew you had to empty the tank and leave it all out there. So, um, yeah, you match up very differently. But the way the, the Brisbane Lions – like, you look at what the Brisbane Lions have done since Chris Fagan has been there. No one wanted to go there. No one wanted to play. Everyone wanted to leave. Um, everyone questioned them as a football club and, you know, they were a bit directionless. And now they're a destination club. Everyone's loving the way that they're playing. They're loving, you know, just what they're showing from a team point of view. Even when they sing the song, you can see the connection's really strong. Yeah, people are putting their hands up and saying, yeah, I wouldn't mind playing for the Brisbane Lions. So it's been a great turnaround. It shows you can turn around things fairly quickly if you bring good people in and make good decisions and have some really strong coaching and and some good leadership with the way that you push everything. So this is a very different Brisbane Lions. But then again... Richmond must be extremely confident because its season seemed to has seemed to have tracked exactly like it has last year, and we saw what they did against the Giants. Well, not only did you kill them off in the grand final, you've killed them off for season twenty twenty as well. You know they were they weren't the same. They had their first win against Geelong at the start of the year, and then they were such a patchy side with so much talent they didn't even make the finals. And that's what good sides can do; they can take all. All the confidence out of you and you have to live with it. The Adelaide Crows still haven't recovered from 2017. Well, that's it. They haven't recovered. Um, The Giants haven't recovered. And, uh, you know, it might be the same story. We might just all sit back and go, do you know what? We knew Richmond were going to win. Like this time, and I know last year I had many discussions with you and probably a third of the way through I I said, oh, no, Richmond are going to win. Richmond are home. You called it very early, but they were about $15 still. Yeah, so sometimes you can really see it. Whereas this year... I can see them building beautifully, but obviously not to the extent, you know, they did last year. But I just think it's a bit more even, you know, with Port, the Cats. I think they've all improved a bit. All all the teams in the top four have improved. I think the Tigers haven't improved, but they're still the team to beat. Does the unique final system and the unique season in general make it harder to assess as well? Absolutely, yeah. And like, Teams have gone through spurts. You know, you can you see when teams have been a bit tired. Coming off breaks can throw you as well. So all of a sudden, you've got two weeks for your body to recover. Mentally, your mind's going, oh, my goodness, I needed that. So how do you actually then respond? Do you have, do you have extra gears? And finals, finals footy is totally different. The, the, the pressure, you know, it, it's a lot harder to get a kick. Um, there's more people in your face, decision-making, you know, scoreboard pressure is everything. You've got to get yourself into the game early and give yourself that belief and that confidence. You don't want to start behind the eight ball. You've got to, you've got to hit the scoreboard. You've got to get that confidence going. You've got to kick straight. That's something Brisbane Lions have really struggled with. And that might, that might be their killer. You know, they might be able to have shots on a goal, but they just haven't been able to put them through the big sticks. And history would tell you that if you've had issues through the year, it doesn't fix in finals. But then again, they might have that freak game where just everything goes right. And if they do miss a few early, the air might go to that balloon very quickly because it has mm. been Richmond that they've suffered most across with those poor kicking at goal. Now, 
Massive game as well. St Kilda, they're back in the finals for the first time since 2011. They're the only team in the finals that haven't won a premiership this century, would you believe? Really? You're rubbing that. it into all those Saints supporters. No, I'd love to see the Saints do well. Can they keep their season alive and knock off the Western Bulldogs? I think they can. This also is a match that there's a lot of back and forth. The Western Bulldogs midfield's so strong and there's great flexibility. I think what the Saints will do... They'll be hard and they'll just try and match them or uh, they'll try and beat them in the middle because that's obviously where the game is, is won, around the stoppages and through the middle. Paddy Ryder was out leaping Nat Nui a few weeks ago. He's giving him first – he'll give them first use. So that's that's a tick. Like he'll win that unless they take him out early and he has an injury of some way. That's an advantage to St Kilda. Um, so they're going to have to be really strong on their setups. The Bulldogs – you got to pressure them. you got to go at them, put lots of pressure on them, make them overuse the footy because they can flick the ball around, but they can overuse the footy. And, you know, their forward line hasn't functioned perfectly all year. You know, Bruce is still just trying to find a bit of form. Um, Norton comes back in after a bit of an injury. Wallace has had – he's been super consistent. So – you know, there's a few question marks there, but then the Bulldogs have had to really work over the last month to get themselves into the finals. So you could see that there'd been a real intense focus. Do they now have that next level to go, okay, finals time? Uh, yes, they're lucky they've had a bit of a freshen up. I reckon St Kilda will, will play a real negative forward on Caleb Daniel and stop his run as much as possible, or maybe a Johannesson. So that's really important, the way they he sets them up. So whether or not he puts someone on him, just to uh, virtually tag him, but as a forward. So the forward, you know, then opens up a bit more space for the the forward line of St Kilda to function. I think the Saints can win purely because of Paddy Ryder and his first use. So I think that's going to be super important. Confidence level's not high with a lot of the finals games, but I just keep coming back to Paddy Ryder. And if you go and have a look, go and have a look at that West Coast match where they push West Coast, you know, all the way. Have a look at what Paddy Ryder was doing around some of the stoppages. As long as they keep it simple, don't try any tricks, just keep it simple, first advantage. You know, I think the Saints can win. I think it'd be great. The Bulldogs, they've been a challenging team to tip and they've been a challenging team to watch because in 2020, they have looked outstanding at times, but they keep dropping games to the lower sides. This is a game I think they'll be feeling pretty good about, though. They'll feel good about it, but I reckon St Kilda are coming. And... And St Kilda are coming from a pressure point of view. Like, like pressure is everything in finals. You know, it makes the, the most skilled players look silly. So normally when you've got a second to make a decision, finals footy, you don't have that second. You, you've virtually got to go pull the trigger as soon as you get it and flick it off. And I have no doubt that's what Brett Ratton would be doing. This will be interesting. And you know Beveridge is going to, you know, he's, he's got lots of ways that he attacks it. He flips it around, Bontempelli to half forward. You know, there's good flexibility through the midfield. I think Dunkley's found a bit of form. Um, Lockie Hunter has found really good form. So this is going to be a beauty. It really is. It's just whether or not um, St Kilda can bring that in-your-face pressure for four quarters. I reckon they're ready for it. So it'll be good to see. He's not coaching in the finals this year, but it's been a great endorsement for Alistair Clarkson, hasn't it, looking at all the coaches that have come underneath him to go on and do really good things? Yeah, he'd be hating them all going past him, <laughs> especially when, you know, you've got Hardwick beating the Hawks all the time, so he wouldn't like that. And then you've got the, obviously the Bulldogs and, you know, you even got Leon Cameron who was underneath Clarkson there. So, 
you know, it, it's funny, but we've still got that sheep mentality, don't we? we? You find a good coach and then you pinch all the assistants and you go, oh, hang on, Richmond are the best team. Let's let's copy their game style. You know, we're a bit like that in AFL, mm. which, you know, you got to back yourself in. you got to work out what team you got, what type of players and how you can get the best out of them, what are their best positions, how can we move the ball nice and fast. So uh, we get caught in that sheep mentality, you know, and, and you look at Richmond – all of a sudden, you watch the next few years, everyone will start poaching everyone from Richmond. They've already started, really, when you look at it, over the last few years. That's the way we work in this game. It's always been the case. It's a copycat league, isn't it? The final game, week one of the finals, West Coast hosting Collingwood. Both these teams were outright flag favourites at various stages throughout 2020. Who will have their season ended in week one? This is tough, too, because West Coast have had like eight to ten guys tested for this game. So they've had a lot of injuries. A lot of people are matching, uh, are lacking match fitness. Adam Simpson knows better than anyone. You've got to have fit guys. So match committees are going to really be worked over um, selecting the best teams. That that's a risk for me from West Coast point of view. Once again, home ground advantage is huge. We know they're a th- three goal better side at home. Collingwood are a good team. Everyone's riding Collingwood off, but Collingwood are a very good team. They've been a good team all year. Yes, they've struggled to hit, kick big scores, but defensively they've held up well and they're hard to uh, to kick a big score against when they're on. So that, that this is an intriguing match for me. I, I think West Coast can win and I'm, I'm taking the easy way out, but I'm not discounting the Pies because I know what they're capable of. They travel really well no matter where they go. They've, you know... <laughs> Dugowie's back in the side. I think he's he can be a match winner. You know, how going – when you look at what the Pies have done all year, it's been quite remarkable. You had Eddie causing a stir at the start of the year. Then you had Nathan Buckley uh, playing a bit of tennis. You had side bottom losing the plot. Trelaw got injured. How? you know, one of their most important. Now side bottom's out of the team. Um, he lost his way there for a bit. So Collingwood were in the news the first 10 or so matches a lot. And um, there was a lot of pressure on them. So I think they've done well to make the finals. Yeah, they're, they're limping a bit, but there's a lot of desperate players who've been waiting for an opportunity to come in. And a lot of those players are role players, bottom 10 players, but players who are just real sort of blue collar workers. And I just think West Coast need to be very careful. They need to make sure they pick a fit side. They need to not take any risk. Yes, they've got Nat and Nui, so they'll get first use because Grundy's a great ruckman, but he's not. they're not winning through the middle, Collingwood. That's a, that's a worry, um, especially if West Coast can get on a run. But West Coast struggle to have real four-quarter dominance. So I'm leaning towards West Coast. I'd pick West Coast at the line, which is about 12.5 points. I reckon they can kick away towards the end with the, the crowd behind them and, um, you know, home ground advantage, that type of stuff. But I wouldn't like to be putting my house on any of the matches throughout the finals this week. Um, I think it's one of those weeks. You half answered my next question. I was going to ask you at a dollar forty-three, would you rather take West Coast head-to-head or Collingwood with a nineteen and a half start? Yeah, see that that's pretty good because I think people are underestimating what Collingwood are capable of, and I like what Bucks has done all week. He's built up that oh, it's us against the world mentality, which in a hub that's a real good thing. So the players are like, no one expects us to win. Everyone thinks we're making up the numbers, and sometimes when you play like that, you just go. It's like, no, nah, just go, full-on attack, let's go, boys. This is us against the world. Um, you know, he's even stated that where they're staying, you know, some of their um, staff are staying in camper vans at the back of the hotel, you know. So he's really created that, 
you know, wear a blue collar club. Um, we're doing the anything for the club to, you know, get out there and participate in the finals. And I think it's a good coaching point of view. So maybe, maybe if you want to have a little wager on this match, West Coast at the line, 12 and a half. Although I don't mind that Collingwood situation. It's pretty good. And then maybe go Collingwood to win the first quarter. Pies start well. The Eagles run over the top. I wouldn't well, be stunned. Well, they that. know if, if they're behind the end of the first quarter, they won't win. Yep. You know, at, so they will be throwing their kitchen sink. Not to say West Coast won't as well, but you can see he's got that war mentality. It's like, we're doing it tough. We're hanging in there. Everything's against us. Guess what? We're on. So we're going to see the very best of Collingwood the first quarter. Can they maintain it? Question mark. Will they be in front by the end of the first quarter? Maybe. I think they'll be pretty good value, so worth a little flutter. I'm going to have a little flutter on a $7 chance. Dustin Martin to win the Gary Ayres medal. He's won it two of the last three years. I anticipate the Tigers will go deep into mm-hmm. the finals. I'm surprised he's not favourite. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, yeah, well, he's a big game player. Well, he's an awesome player. He's a, he's a wonderful player, but, you know, he's won two Norm Smith medals. You know, might as well throw that into the mix as well. Yeah. Multi that up if you think... Dusty everything. Well, why not? Yep. You know, you know he's a big game player. You know he kicks goals. So people who win, you know, those type of awards get plenty of the footy and kick goals normally. So why not? Why not if you think that's going to be the case from a Richmond point of view? Croft put away the board games. The AFL rolls on and so does Tab's AFL same game multi where you can combine your favourite AFL markets all in the one bet. Available online for every AFL game this season to tap account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Gambler's help. 1-800-858-858. Now, the season is over for many AFL teams. I'm going to read out the names of the teams that didn't make the finals and tell me two teams you're upbeat about for 2021 and why. The teams that missed, just to prick everyone's memory, Melbourne, Greater Western Sydney, Carlton, Fremantle, Essendon, Gold Coast, your beloved Hawks, Sydney, North Melbourne, and the Adelaide Crows. Can I give you three? Yes. The Sydney Swans played a lot of young kids, um, had a lot of injuries to key players, really liked um, the way they went about it and loved how competitive they were with such a young list, um, you know, and and the young guys who weren't ready, but they showed a great deal. The Fremantle Dockers, great structure to the way they went about it, highly competitive, and the Gold Coast Suns. No Carlton. Unbelievable talent on the Gold Coast Suns. They played, what, what they have four or five rising stars. Just going to have some real strong leadership and some strong coaching. And I reckon the sky's the limit there. So uh, they're three teams who should be very proud of what they brought to the table. Do you want three most disappointing? Absolutely. Well, Hawthorne definitely there. Three and one after the four, first four games. Hated hub life and they played like it. North Melbourne Football Club, um, absolutely uh, horrendous year. And, um, yes, they've got a lot of work to do, especially offloading a lot of key forwards. Um, when, you know, they help out with AFLW, I'm talking about Ben Brown. You know, they're the face of Tasmanian football down there. And they've averaged 60 goals a year for three years and they have one bad year because of an injury and some personal issues. And then you offload him. Really? Good people are hard to find in football clubs. So uh, anyway, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And the Giants. The Giants, so much talent. And, um, yeah, they've got grand final hangover. You know, being proud of making a grand final last year where they were absolutely smashed. 
and they just couldn't gel as a team. They looked dysfunctional all year. Got worse as the year went on and very disappointing from such a talented group. Speaking of Ben Brown, we're going to play some audio about what Caroline Wilson made of everything. All managers make mistakes and have bad timing in the decisions they make, but it's Adam Ramanaskis I'd be staggered about if I was Ben Brown, if it was his advice that told him to reject a $750,000 a year or minimum $700,000 a year three-year deal from the Kangaroos in March this year. One of the worst decisions this year a manager has made. Pressure on Rama now after that comment. Managers... Um all they do is they get in there and not all they do, but they get contracts to where you want to get them. But you're always taking advice from the player or from the person they're managing. And the player knows where they want to go and what they want to do. A lot of the times they're taking instruction. At the end of the day, yes, yeah, sure, the manager can say, oh, it's a good deal. You know, we're very happy with the deal. Yes, you want an extra year. As far as I know, if he had have, you know, reached – uh, certain levels in the, the first three years, there's a carryover, so it's a four-year deal anyway. But I think it's a bit harsh when you you, you smash the manager because, you know, I know Adam Ramanaskis and all they do is virtually get it, offers on the table, they put them in front of you and then they go, your call cool. because it, it is, it's up to you, you know, and, and I've been in that situation before. It's like you, you go, okay, where's my heart? What do I think? Yes, you could probably always go to another club and, and get a bit more if you're in form. Um, you can take a bit of risk. But you, you look at what's happened with uh, Grundy. You know, he said, no, I'm going to play out the year, see what happens. He got through, had a great year. Collingwood would have paid maximum dollars for him. And if you look at this year, you'd say, no, he's not worth that. So sometimes um, you can get it right. Sometimes you can get it wrong. And look, Ben Brown, st- he will still get a good contract. Um, and if, if I was managing Ben Brown, you know, I- I'd get out of North Melbourne because they've said, no, we don't want you, which I think is quite incredible with what he's been able, able to deliver. And then go to a club that really values you, put some incentives in there, you know, and then if you play well, you'll get what you deserve and, and you, you'll get to where you need to. Uh, will he get 750 as they're quoted, uh, a year? Probably not. But you know what? If he has a good first year, and you put some incentives in there, he might be able to get there in the second and third year. So that that's all a part of it. And do you know what? There might be a carry-on to a fourth. But, yeah, so it's it's it comes back to the player. The player takes full responsibility on whether or not they accept contracts or not. Look at Dugowie. He's, he's negotiating his own contract. So he's going to save a fortune anyway. And I think his dad's in there giving him some advice. But, you know, at the, the end of the day... You know, if you push too hard and you get a little bit too greedy, it can be egg on your face. And I don't think that was the case with Ben Brown because he deserved everything he was getting because he'd produced so much. And and he was that link for North Melbourne down in Tasmania. You know, that's where he's originally from. That's where all his family is. So that would give him a lot of support. Um, you know, he helps out with the AFLW. He He's kicking goals, you know. Tom Hawkins won the goal kicking on 41 or two goals. Ben Brown over the last three years was averaging 60. So we know he can play. We know he's a bit of a cult hero and we know that he's a hard worker and he just needs to get his body right, get himself going again and he'll find a new home. He'll be loved and I reckon he'll play some good footy. They say that good teams don't lose good players. Croft, we're not sure if we're a good team, but we will never lose you. You are a good player. Mate, you are I'm a star out. player and I'm you've good. done brilliantly again <laughs> this week. Best of luck with all your predictions week one of the finals and can't wait to do it again next week on Tabs Inside 50. 
Fourth, put away the board games. The AFL rolls on, and so does Tab's AFL Same Game Multi, where you can combine your favourite AFL markets all in the one bet. Available online for every AFL game this season to Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help. 1-800-858-858.